0: Man, thank you. Praise team. So appreciate each and every one of you and the way that you use your gifts and leading us in worship this morning. Church, it's good to see you. If you have a copy of God's Word in print or digital form and we trust on your digital device, you are on the Bible. Join me in the Gospel of Matthew. First book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 4. Going to look at just a few verses in our time together this morning. We're in week two of a series we started last Sunday. First Sunday of the new year on spiritual disciplines, a series that we are calling Patterns of Jesus and how we understand and live out and engage in these patterns. And so on this second Sunday of the new year, it it probably means that Some of you are trying to work and you're you're seeking to implement and establish some rhythms or resolutions in your life. Maybe you've done well and you're hoping you do better. Maybe you're doing really well and maybe you've just said, forget this, I'll try again next year or something else at another time. Maybe you are striving to build some kind of daily routine in your life that implements exercise throughout your week, whether it's every day or it's every other or uh, a few here and there as you try to work towards that. Possibly maybe you've set a goal or a resolution to get up earlier. Now, I don't know why you would, but to get up earlier in, in the year and have a quiet time and spend time with the Lord maybe by yourself or Maybe you're just finding ways in your life to work towards what we talked about last week and trying to establish and implement this discipline of time and seeking to understand and build margin into your lives and your work and your family schedules. And you're just trying to find how you can take that truth from last week and apply it to this week. Jesus knew, church, the importance of patterns, and rhythms all throughout scripture. It is all about this rhythm of how God does things and the work and the way he brings about change and renewal. Our mission at Hunter's Glen is leading people to become committed followers of Christ. That's our stated mission, our, our stated goal and intent and direction, and so to achieve that mission we have to learn to pattern our lives after Jesus. And part of those patterns that we're going to learn this morning together is to learn to follow Him into the wilderness. Now, we're not going into the wilderness to learn survival training. We're not going into the wilderness to exercise or try to develop from a physical standpoint. We're going into the wilderness this morning to understand and learn the disciplines, plural, of solitude and fasting. And so with that introduction, would you stand in honor of reading God's Word? Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, the words are on the screen for us. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Keep your Bibles open. Find your listening notes inside your worship guide. And let's study together and learn about the disciplines of solitude and fasting. We find in our text this morning that as Jesus prepares to launch his public ministry, he does something rather unique. He withdraws to the desert. He, he pulls away from all things into the wilderness to be alone for this period of time for two things, for solitude and for fasting. Now, Jesus is fully aware that he is going to face the gauntlet of Satan's temptations. And so in his training to fight against those temptations, to be ready for and prepared for what Satan would throw at him, he has built in this pattern and practices of solitude and fasting. John Mark Comer wrote a book, and you should read it. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And in his book, Comer says this, It is only after a month and a half of prayer and fasting in the quiet place, the quiet part of the desert and the wilderness that Jesus withdraws to, that he now has, Jesus has the capacity to take on the devil himself and walk away unscathed. So Comer is saying that this time that Jesus withdraws into the desert is critical in this discipline of him being able to do battle against the one who brings temptation against him. And so it begs the question then, how do we learn to pattern our lives like Jesus? How how do we learn to push back against Satan's plans and, and his ideas to come against us so that we don't become more like Jesus. He, he wants nothing for you to, to look and to imitate and to pattern your life after Christ, so he will tempt you. And Jesus gives us some good answers here in the way that he responds. And here's the first in your listening notes, a couple of fill-in-the-blanks. Number one, seek silence and solitude. Seek them. It says in verse 1 that when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, into the desert, underline that, to be tempted by the devil. It was going into that place where he now through the Spirit is seeking silence and solitude but I have to be honest with you and acknowledge those of you who are like me in the room those of you who would say you know what I don't do well pastor I struggle with silence and solitude welcome to my club I mean I'm gonna start it I'm gonna be president of it I, I struggle with those things I, I don't do well in silence and solitude, when I came a year ago to be your pastor here, I told the staff that if I ever come to your office, I'm not really coming there to check on you to see if you're there or doing your job. I'm coming because I sat for 30 minutes at my desk and I'm bored and I need to talk to somebody. I, I get fuel and energy from being with people and silence and solitude are a struggle. It tends to drain me a little bit. However, I know the joys of silence and solitude as a parent. I know those joys as a grandparent. You you know though, right? I understand and I appreciate those times, albeit maybe small, moments of silence and solitude as a parent. And I'm learning that and the value of that same thing spiritually. Every parent wants a few minutes alone at some point in the day. All the noise, all of the the questions create this tension in our households. And we just need a moment to pull away so that we don't get into petty arguments over silly issues. But even that, there's a few minutes that every person, whether you have children at home or not, every person needs to rejuvenate and needs that personal time for themselves. And I think it's important that we find our place in this discipline this this morning because we need to recognize the value of establishing patterns of solitude spiritually. To pull away, to withdraw from all the noise in the world and go into the wilderness and be alone with Jesus. To silence our lives and to be in solitude with him. Even if we don't recognize how much noise we're dealing with, even if you don't know how loud your life really is, regular periods of solitude can help you be more like Jesus. It can help you to change that attitude and face the world in a more Christ-like manner, to deal with the struggles in your home and with your family in more of a Christ-like way. And you then develop this commitment that, that I'm gonna to grow to become more like Christ-like and, and these disciplines are a struggle and they're hard and I'm gonna learn these over time but I'm gonna do this intentionally and with a purpose. Author Richard Foster said that we must clearly understand and underscore that our real task in solitude, the, the real thing of why it's important to pull away into silence and solitude our lives is that that is the place where God can reach us. And so it begs the question, do you have space in your life for God to reach you? And it's really difficult, friends, to implement and apply the disciplines of solitude and fasting when we haven't learned the discipline of time yet, you see? Because if you don't have time, then you certainly don't have space. And so all of these disciplines build on our ability to pull away from all the things in our lives that keep us from being reachable by the Father. Jesus created that space. He created it by following the Spirit into the desert. And our world and our lives are busy and noisy. But here's the truth, and it's the hard truth today. Much of that busyness, much of that noise in our lives is of our own making. We're the ones who allow those things. Therefore, we're the ones who must implement stop signs in our lives. We're in control of those things. So we travel into the silence of the desert in order that God can reach us and speak to us in a way that we can really hear the still, small voice of God. Solitude allows us to do what Oswald Chambers says, which is to get into God's stride. So let me give you a plan this year that is my plan, and if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, maybe God has a different plan for you. But something that you can walk out of here and application of what that looks like and and pray for me as I walk through this as well. My desire, and I'm going to let you, I'm going to give you a chance to laugh, okay? My desire this year is to slow down. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. That's my desire, but I'm not very good at it. Because slowing down requires a couple of things. And here's a very small, very brief acronym that I'm working off of. And again, if it works for you, please use it. So the first thing as I try to slow, that's the word I'm playing with, is to be still. (laughs) If you're gonna slow down, you gotta be still. Bible tells us in Psalm 46.10, be still and know what? that he is God. Be still. And the second letter in the word slow, the second part of what I'm learning and desiring is that word learn, but it's learning to walk at his pace. (laughs) Learning to walk at the pace of God. Genesis, the first book of, of our Bible in the Old Testament, Genesis 5, verse 24, says a man by the name of Enoch walked, with God. Enoch didn't run with God. Enoch didn't try to keep up with God. Enoch walked with him at his pace in the places that he wanted him to go. I do a number of things fast. I live life at times at a very fast pace, but in order to get into God's Stride, As Chambers said, I'm, I'm learning to walk at his pace. Third, the O in the word slow is to operate on a full tank and not on fumes. If you're like me and you, you draw energy and, and strength and passion and all those things by being with people, you may not realize it, but it also draws all of that out of you. And there are times in solitude and silence that that's where you are refilled so that you don't continue to operate on fumes and then what, eventually just burn out. So operating on a full tank, Mark chapter six, verse 31, Jesus said to them, come away by yourself to a a secluded place and do what? Rest for a little while. And then lastly, the W in the word slow, for me, is to wrap my mind on God. Philippians 4:8. whatever is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and good and excellent, deserving of praise, dwell on those things. So maybe as you strive to implement this discipline of silence and solitude. You you utilize the same acronym I am, that it is a desire to be still, that I would learn to walk at his pace, that I would operate on a full tank, and I would wrap my mind on who he is and who he has created me to be. There was a Jesuit priest in Paris way back in the French Revolution in 1789. And he was forced to escape to England, and he remained there for the remainder of his life where he would eventually pass away. And despite all the tumultuousness of his time, he insisted in his life on the practice of silent prayer. And this is what he says, this Jesuit priest says about silent prayer. He says, it is in these moments of silence and peace when a soul pays no heed to what is happening within itself. Rather, it prays and prays excellently with a simple yet direct prayer that God will understand perfectly by the actions of his grace. He continues, this is what is called the prayer of silence, the prayer of quiet. And I love what he says, the prayer of bare faith. So as you strive to pull away into the wilderness and the desert with Jesus and seek in solitude, pray a prayer of bare faith in those desert moments that you're in stride with him, that it's a place where Jesus can reach you. There's a second way that we can push back against Satan's plans for our lives, and that is to flee and feast in your notes the blanks there are flee and feast it tells us that after Jesus had fasted 40 days and nights he became hungry i wonder why in verse 4 it says that as he was tempted he answered the tempter it is written man shall not live on bread alone but what on on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god Friends, most often we think of fasting as uh, something we do to avoid a meal or not eat for a certain length or period of time, And, and that's very true, don't get me wrong, but I think fasting has and is and should evolve more than just abstaining from food that it really becomes this discipline spiritually in connection with our solitude with Jesus and the way that we have carved out time and space for him to speak to us. When tempted by Satan with food, because he's hungry, after 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus doesn't take the bacon. Yeah, you get it. He doesn't take the bacon Rather, he says, you know what? I'm going to feast on the word of God that gives life, which comes from the mouth of the Father. That's what I'm hungry for. And I'm going to flee and fast from all these other things, and I'm going to feast upon the word of God. Fasting is a form of fleeing the wants of this world and feasting on his word through worship. Richard Foster wrote a book called Celebration of Discipline. And in that book, he says, more than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. He says, it's a wonderful benefit to the true disciple who longs to be transformed transformed into the image of God. It's the benefit for the true disciple who longs to engage and implement the patterns of Jesus through spiritual discipline. That I I would recognize the things that control me and flee from them, fast from them. So what are the non-essentials in your life right now today, that you need to flee from so that the discipline and practice of fasting can then proceed and take hold and root in your life. Because we all crave things that we do not need. We all long for them. But maybe like last week, there's things on your schedule that God didn't put there and some of those things he doesn't want there that maybe there are things in your life that are controlling you and he doesn't want those to control you anymore. And you need to fast from them. Flee and avoid them because when we fast from the things that control us, we then learn to feast on the things that God provides us. When you flee from and you fast from all the things that control you, you acknowledge them. Now God can provide you all the things he wants you to know and to learn and you feast upon those things. You're no longer hungry for the things of the world because you're full of the things of the Lord. Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 says, All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. I, I will flee and I will fast from those things and I will feast upon the word of God I will not be controlled by those things so maybe this new year you need to work on the discipline of seeking silence and solitude join me in that effort (laughs) maybe you need to learn the discipline of fleeing and fasting and feasting on all that God has for you and not allow those things to control you anymore Both of these patterns have the same effect, the same result, which is to bring back our attention and our desire on who God is and how we live our lives, how we truly become more like him. And the reward for these patterns is this closer reunion with the Father that I think all of us desire. All of us want to grow deeper in our faith. All of us want to fulfill the mission of Hunter's Glen to become fully committed followers of Jesus. And part of the way we do that is through the discipline of solitude and fasting. When we learn to recognize the patterns of Jesus, then we learn to imitate who Jesus really is. Let me pray for us this morning. Father, I thank you for the simple reminder today for me to slow down, and maybe there are others here in the room or those online who who get that as well, that you've spoken to their heart and mind and saying it's, it's important just to be still and to learn to walk at my pace, to operate. Let me fill you up so you operate on a full tank and Wrap your mind on who you are as my child, as the one I created. And Lord, that maybe there are things in our lives that seek to control us. and It's hard for you to reach us when those things take precedent or priority. And so, Lord, in this time, would you reveal those to us that we might work to flee from them, to fast and feast on the word of the Lord today. As you pray where you're at this morning, my friends, I'm gonna ask you to do something very different this morning. That in this time of reflection, a a moment of invitation, that if God is is speaking to your heart and life right now, I'm gonna ask you in just a moment that you might go right outside the, the doors of this worship center into the foyer in a place called Next Steps where some counselors are ready to receive you today. Maybe you have a decision to make publicly regarding salvation and you want to receive this God that we have spoken of, the Jesus and the grace that he offers to you today. Maybe that's you. Maybe you would say, Pastor, it's time for me to follow through in obedience of baptism and take that first step on the journey of faith that I've committed my life to Maybe God's calling you and your family to unite with this church family in and, and membership and be a part of this church as we grow and we follow the Lord for who He's called us to be as a church body. Or maybe even that a decision you know it's time to make, and God's put on your heart and mind a mission or a ministry, and He's calling you out and calling you forward. And It's time to be bold and say, yes, Lord, I'll go. Yes, Lord, I'll do that. And if that's you in a moment, when we stand I want to invite you just to make your way right outside the back of, these, of this sanctuary, the back doors to an area of the next steps. Some counselors are ready to receive you and encourage you and help you, pray with you, answer questions for you. Maybe you don't have a true decision to make today publicly in that way, but you do want to pursue Christ in a different way. You just need to pray. Then as we sing in a moment across this front and this altar, you come and you pray and if you're looking for someone to pray with, then our staff will be right here on the front pews, down front, myself included. And we count it an honor to pray with you and encourage you. My friends, let's not rush out of here to all the things that are left in our day, that we might hear from the Lord and he would reveal himself in a powerful and unique way to each and every one of us. And so Lord, I pray for those here this morning and those who are watching online, who have a decision to make, I pray they would be bold, Lord, and that they would go to the Next Steps area this morning and take someone by the hand and say, help me know Jesus. Help me understand baptism. I want to join this church. God's calling me to mission and ministry. And Lord, if there are those here today that just need a time of prayer and opportunity to lay it all at your feet, to ask you to help them see and reveal the things that control them, I pray, Lord, that at this altar or this place and prayer time with a staff member of God, that they would take that advantage. Lord, we give you this time. We give you this moment. Would you have your way with us? We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? Let's sing. Count-